Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Apex of Man podcast. Another day here. I'm Diego, the host, uh, an undergraduate student studying business and computer science at Boston University. Joined again by my co-host, Arsh Yadav, a math and physics major at the University of Bristol. Arsh, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about our respective bucket lists and how, like, the primary goals that we want to consider before we die affect our personalities or show what kind of people we are. And hopefully you can see that with us. 100%, 100%. Bucket lists, I think, are, are such a good way of kind of establishing long-term goals and, and setting the path towards actually achieving them. Because I was recently looking at an article by Thomas Frank. I don't know if you know him. He's a, the, the hosted College Info Geek, the YouTube channel, the podcast, everything else. Like he's a, he's a fantastic resource for students. And he was talking about how bucket lists sometimes are a little abstract. And, and he actually created something that's called the impossible list. And in the impossible list, it's a little more action step based. And, and it actually kind of sets the long-term goal, but also kind of sub goals to try and achieve it. And some goals after you achieve that goal. So you're always constantly improving and constantly moving towards, you know, learning more things, mastering more things. So that was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. First, I've heard of that, but definitely useful thing I want to check out. And maybe you could link it also in the description so our viewers could as well. So it'll yeah, be yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, I recently, I, I spent the day yesterday kind of doing a, a Notion template for, for a bucket list, which I think turned out pretty, pretty well. I think it's the best bucket list template out there for Notion. Notion is essentially an, an app, uh, kind of a personal management app. You can, this is where we organize our podcast, for example. This is where I organize some YouTube videos, for example. I organize my entire life on Notion. It's kind of like a productivity app. And, and so you can uh, share these templates. And I created this template yesterday for, for bucket list for you guys. It's going to be linked down in the description. It's absolutely fantastic. I added some of the uh, kind of things that Thomas Frank talks about in the impossible list to actually make your goals achievable. So you can have a list of all those, those bucket list items, the big ticket items that you want to get done. And, and you can track your progress and actually kind of feel inspired, feel motivated in terms of when you keep ticking off those things. So that's, it's going to be linked down in the description. Notion is completely free. So there's absolutely no excuse not to, not to download it. And the gifts don't stop there because a couple of days ago on our Instagram page, Apex of Man, we posted a question to the audience because we also want to get your insight on your bucket list to see what type of people are watching the podcast. So how about we just get started with one of those and then we'll dive into ours. What do you think, Diego? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That sounds that sounds pretty good. So we really appreciate all the all the outpour of support. There were quite a few uh, people who wrote in, uh, and they, some of them were 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 quite personal. Some others were a little more cliche, uh, and some others were were just, I guess, more, yeah, more kind of personal development and and traveling was a, was a big one as well. So let's let's start, for example, with. MG underscore Ordas, thank you very much for, for writing in and, and her, her, her goal in terms of the bucket list is to overcome her anxiety to a more manageable level. I think that's, that's pretty big nowadays. I think that's probably in, in most of our uh, bucket lists <laughs> in a certain way. It seems like a bit of an abstract goal. Hopefully she has a, a pathway to kind of reach that, right? And I think that's an issue we do hope to tackle in further episodes, anxiety, maybe through a philosophical approach of how different cultures and like different people in different areas dealt with it and what their writings could teach us. Because I feel yeah. like that's an issue that nowadays has been more ubiquitous than ever. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's it's crazy. People were the most kind of anxious generation ever. It's, it's no wonder with, with so much overstimulation all the time. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible not to be anxious. Um, let's let's go over to, to another one we received by Nico underscore pool. Thank you very much for writing in. His dream is to get into Stanford University, Dream Uni. That's that's huge. I just released, or I'm about to, no, I just released a, a video on how to get to your Dream University. That's in the Apex of Man YouTube channel, so make sure you, you check that out. I bet it's going to have a lot of value for you. And I remember speaking to Nico about, about getting to Stanford University as I, I was accepted back in 2018, but then decided to reject the position. Uh, yeah, man, I, I wish you the best. I hope you're, you're tracking properly and let's, let's connect again to, to see how the progress is going. And so people are having kind of these more, that's more of a professional goal, a bucket list that's, that hopefully he makes it. Uh, but again, I don't, you know, I think the man makes the university, the university doesn't make the man. And also sometimes a, a bucket list is basically something you want to do before you die. So all of mm. these goals don't have to be seen as immediate goals. I could see this as him maybe wanting to do this when he's 30 after he's already made his million dollars just wants to get the education. Yeah, so, maybe. So I think that's the beauty of it sometimes. All right, let's move on to another one. Oh, I really like this one. This is from um, Unai Aldai, and it says, work with a top athlete because it's pretty effing cool that it's an area of medicine that I'd like to work in. We know we know Unai is is working uh, or studying at least to be a to be a doctor, and he's I, I spoke to him recently and he's he's really tracking towards towards that goal. He's working really hard, and and yeah, he's always been interested in in athletics and in, in kind of the the physical development, and so that's that's really interesting. If that's an area of medicine that he wants to get in, uh, you know, again, more professional goals. People have that that kind of stuff, but I think. Kind of adding on, for example, another one we received from, from Claudia Schmuggler. Throw away all of my unnecessary crap and become a minimalist. I mean, that's that's huge. That's that's not a, exactly a professional goal. It's more of a personal development goal and kind of uh, really focusing in on the, on the important things in life. So kind of a, as a broad theme, I think it's important to have many different types of goals in your bucket list. You know, not mm-hmm. only kind of numeric goals or professional goals. Also have those those personal development and, and the process goals of how to just make the life better and, and the day-to-day better. See, with that goal, I'm com- in complete agreement of it. And it's one of mine as well. Because yep. I try to do that as much as I can. In fact, when I was moving from houses from uh, one to the other, I mm-hmm. saw that my entire university life like fit in two suitcases. And that actually made me fairly happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you consider yourself to be like... What is that word? The people who, who hoard a lot of stuff, a hoarder. Yeah. Yeah, a hoarder. Oh, not mm. at all. No, no. Like, there's not much material attachment to things. The only things I would actually care about are things which have very good practical use or emotional value. So that's right. It. Right, right, right. And how, how do you distinguish those things? I mean, how do you sit down and, and focus in on, look, this is, this is garbage. I'm throwing it out. This is worth keeping. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. have a lot of issue with that. That's true. The, 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 I think the issue there comes with emotional value because then these hoarders tend to give a lot of emotional value to little things. So right, right. that's where the problem starts. When something, an object is practical or not, I feel like it's fairly clear. Do you use it often? If you don't, then it's not practical. Get rid of it. But the problem yeah. begins when you assign additional value to things that may not already have it. And I try to do that as little as possible because things are fickle. Right, right. So that's why I absolutely love this item and it is on mine as well. So I am totally with you, Claudia. 
Huge, huge, huge. And well, yeah, at, for example, Teresa Melero underscore, thanks for writing in. She really wants to see the Northern Lights. She, she was yeah. always been very intrigued by them since she was small, apparently. And, and I mean, that's, that's something that, that is crazy. I, I, I've just seen them on like the National Geographic documentaries and all those good things in 4K HDR. <laughs> and it looks amazing. I mean, it looks, it looks incredible. I think it's, it's almost like a spiritual experience to get up there and see those things. Yeah, I think like a lot of the traveling ones, for example, do you have anything in your travel bucket list, let's say, a country, a place you want to go to? Yeah, yeah, a lot of countries, actually. I'm, I mean, I think that's the way to really expand your horizons. You, you get to know a lot of different uh, cultures, histories, people, uh, customs, norms. I think it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And I've been blessed with the opportunity to be able to travel to, to a few places and live in, in uh, two continents, two different continents, yeah. which has been very interesting. Uh, Could you give me one? Oh, I'm sorry. Could you give me give one, a place? Like a particular about? place? Yeah. I mean, top three places that I want to go. Turkey is definitely up there. Um, I'm actually organizing to go to Turkey, hopefully this summer with, with a friend who lives there that I met in university. So that would be incredible. Uh, mainly because of the history and, and the culture there. Um, you know, my, my grandparents actually moved through Turkey when, when they were escaping the, the Armenian genocide. And, and I know they, they stayed in, in a few kind of coastal towns before, before moving to Europe. And, and getting to know that, that part of my family history would be interesting. Um, and yeah, I love Egypt. I've always been a fan of e Egyptian mythology and history. Um, I'm actually playing Assassin's Creed Origins a little bit right now. And, and that's, I, I just love it. Absolutely adore it. So it'd be super cool to go to Egypt and, and Morocco. Morocco is pretty huge for me yeah. as well. Yeah. How about you? Do you have any like travel things? Yeah, if on your I had to say mine, one would be Greece. Because okay. I think similar to your connection to Egyptian mythology, I have that with Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. And... Well, one which is a, a bit more superficial is go to uh, Carnival in Brazil. Nice, nice. The world's biggest party. I feel like that's worth experiencing at least once. A hundred percent. And besides that, just every continent. Try your hand yeah. at it. See if you can make it there. Even Antarctica. Cool. Do you have the plan of going to every country or no? <laughs> oh, oof. So that's a, a lot of countries. So. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. Hmm. Might as well make it right now. Why not? I mean... You can always have it there, and, and if, if you're, you know, you get enough uh, money or... I think it's more about the free time. I don't think traveling is that expensive nowadays. I mean, you can travel super cheap. Like when, we, when we finished um, high school, we did the interrail all over Europe, and man, that, was, that was pretty cheap. That was like 28 days, something like that. Uh, yeah. we, stayed, we stayed at hotels. Uh, it covered flights as well. Uh, the what else did it cover? They covered train tickets. Yes, everything and something yeah. I'm sure was in a lot of people's bucket list. So we're really lucky to do that. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. So yeah, traveling is it, it is pretty big for people. But what, why do you think traveling is so important? I think it is both an educational experience as much as it is um, one to escape. Right. I think people do normally use it as a vacation to get away from their work and job. And enjoy mm. themselves. And a lot of people, through the different cultures they experience, they get to know more about themselves, which is the whole university gap year mentality that you leave to India to go find yourself, like an eat, pray, love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Do, do, but so, do yeah. you think maybe people, 
because I was I was reading the four hour work week recently and and it's interesting that he Tim Ferriss in the book redefines the concept of retirement because kind of t- in today's day and age where you can work online, you can make money online, you can be completely geographically delocalized if you earn money on the internet and you can just essentially work from anywhere where you have a decently stable internet connection that he talks about this kind of new class of people called the new rich and that they 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 spread out many retirements throughout their lives and they don't wait till they're 75 to retire and then finally go and travel to Italy and then when you're climbing like a small cathedral your your back is all jacked up and <laughs> you have a little kind of walking stick from all the stress of, of, of the job for, for so many years and you were hoarding and expecting and expecting and expecting and expecting and then you get to that age and maybe you have a mortgage and you, you're still paying that off and you can't even travel. So what I thought it was really, really interesting and kind of redefined my way of, of young retirement in a way or what I, what I really wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, that is the goal for a lot of people who aim to make money quick and like work their butt off in their first professional years and not get sleep or just basically kill themselves with the goal of retiring early for that exact reason. But now with the advancements of technology, that is not the only option to do that. So it has actually been on my reading list, the four-hour work week. And, uh, but the thing about being geographically delocalized, I've noticed this is in your bucket list to begin with. So we can get started with ours. Uh, What is the thing that is the most appealing for you for being geographically delocalized? There's quite a few things. Um, I think it gives you great freedom in terms of being able to, of course, travel. And and it doesn't tie you down to to a particular country. And t- I mean tying you down to a particular country because you never know when when the situation in that country is going to get worse. I mean, I was I was raised in Venezuela and that that country got really bad really fast. And, and sometimes getting out of a country is really difficult if you don't have any other uh, passports from other nationalities or you can actually move somewhere or you don't have the economic means to move. So being economic, geographically delocalized in a sense is a buffer against that, I guess against government tyranny or, or societal you know, collapse in a way. And yeah, it's, it's essentially that in a sense. And I think it would be really interesting. You know, I don't... I don't think people, when they're on their deathbeds, they're like, oh, damn, I, this is, it's so bad I didn't see Friends for the fourth time or I didn't get to watch Breaking Bad. I, I don't think that's that's what people say when they're in their deathbeds. I think most people would, would probably agree that ah, it's a shame I couldn't, you know, travel with my family and, and visit India or visit Africa or, you know, whatever. I, I think that's that's more the, the regret people have, so I really want to kind of enjoy while I can enjoy it. And maybe I'm not, you know, old with Alzheimer's or some some crazy kind of disease that doesn't let me travel and enjoy that. Yeah, it's totally a practical reason. I really see no downside of that. Because you get to enjoy cultures, be with your family, still yeah. have your professional ambition. And like all the advantages you says practically of being able to move country, it's like you drop a pin. But what about um, community? Because I, I, I've always thought that maybe that's that's an issue. If you keep moving around, you know, like the Sons of Diplomats, for example, you never get to really create or, or build those communities or have those really close friends. I believe that is becoming less true. Okay. Like we talked about with social media, 
obviously, as we said, it wasn't a substitute. But it is becoming easier. So if there was an, ever a time to do something like being geographically delocalized, it would be now. Is it the optimal situation? It depends on what you want. So I think mm -hmm. if you're looking for community, you would have to find a compromise between the times you stay in separate countries to right. how much you move. But yeah. the thing about being friends with some diplomats, I have, like, for example, I have a friend who moved a lot. And we have, our friendship hasn't suffered at all for it because right. of things like social media and also video games, as we mentioned in the previous episode. So yeah. I feel like it is doable to manage your relationships while moving countries. It won't be as easy as staying in the same country, of but course. additional benefits may outweigh it depending on what type of person you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And I think it, the people who move around a lot become really adaptable. And I think that's crucial in, in, in today's day and age where everything changes so fast. I think that's that's a valuable skill people get from you know sure. just moving around all the time. But yeah, if, if the relationship is worth it, that's probably going to be kept. Okay, let's go. Um, let's let me kind of focus in on your items for the bucket list. I thought it was really interesting that the first thing uh, kind of you put on your list was catch my own meal. What does that mean for you? Uh, yeah, that's a funny one. For me, that would be to literally hunt down the animal I would choose to eat. And basically, mm -hmm. do the entire process of it being alive to it being in my stomach. <laughs> it okay. is weirdly enough, I believe, a similar actual respect and humility and a gratitude actually for your food. It would show you how difficult and the cost of your sustenance, yeah. um, if you eat meat, is. So I think that would really help me appreciate everything—the food on my plate to the jobs of many people. And besides yeah. that, I'm also interested in going hunting because I remember I was fairly against it. Well, not against it, just something I don't see myself doing. So I saw this Joe Rogan episode where he convinced me that hunting is almost more humane than letting an animal uh, suffer a probably more painful death out in the wild, whether it be eaten by another one, whether it be an accident or just dying through old age, which in its own could be very painful. Right. So having the capability to give it a quicker, more painless death, although admittedly an earlier one, is mm. one that almost convinced me to it and helped me see it as a sport and a favor to both sides. Nature doing its work, yep. helping both sides grow. And also, it turns out that because of hunting, they've opened nature reserves that helped grow animals and keep them safe as well, for a while at least, so if you're safer than yep. they would be in the wild from poachers or stray hunters. Yep. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Licensing course. it does benefit both the people and the animals in the enclosures. One hundred percent. Yeah, there's a difference between the poachers and and actual hunters who pay their fees, who kind of take care of the ecosystem and the the biodiversity of of a lot of places. It's it's incredible when you actually talk to hunters what kind of the work they do. But again, I've I, I echo that sentiment, but I've really always thought it would be interesting to to connect with our roots because we were hunter-gatherers before, and I think it's, an, it's been such an integral part of humanity for so long that, that I really want to connect with that side of, of us and, yeah. and understand the value and, and the hard work behind catching your own meal, because everything today is so easy. I mean, supermarkets have everything. Such an excess of, of commodity and luxury that, that I do agree 100% wholeheartedly with you that that's, that's something people need to learn. Experience. Yeah, I... I think it will like give you a primal instinct for doing it. You will connect with a part of you that you didn't know existed, but was always there since the ancestors thousands of years before you. 
And I can yeah. see that is you take it one step further because as I can see in your bucket list, you have put and you want to learn with learn to hunt with a bow and arrow. Yeah, 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 which yeah. Which is just take it as primal as you can to get closer to those roots. I see. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it could be a compound bow is a little more modern, but but a bow and arrow in itself, I think, would be absolutely just very very interesting to to experience that vulnerability uh, in, in in the face of such you know big animals that that can hurt you, and and yeah, just just connect back. I think learning to hunt is, is something really interesting. I've I've never done it before. I've I mean I've used rifles for like practice shooting or things like that, and and it's. It's it's a really fun pastime, but I I just think we should organize this at some point. Would be really Definitely. interesting. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, I will. I want to talk about one in yours, which yeah. doesn't surprise me, but I feel like it'll be interesting for you to give your input to the viewers on. It's climb Everest. Yeah. So this this kind of climbing climbing mountains passion. Uh, began in high school when I took the the Duke of Edinburgh award. Um, the Duke of Edinburgh award is essentially a certificate you get by doing um, you you do. There's a few phases that you need to complete. I think there's four phases. You do a volunteering experience. You do kind of a physical development experience. You learn a sport or or a discipline. And the third is more of a mental experience. So maybe you learn a language or you learn something more kind of intellectual or, or philosophical. And then the fourth aspect of it is the kind of nature challenge. So essentially you're, you're thrown in the middle of a mountain and you have to navigate your way through a path. And it's usually, you know, you stay three, four days out in the, in the wilderness and you go camping and you make your own food and you climb like high peaks, high mountains with, with a group of people. And it, it really changed my perspective. It connected me a lot more with the outdoors than I ever would have connected. And, and really kind of dealing with, with that primal necessity of thirst, hunger, of dealing with a conflict in, in a team, in, in a large group of people. And, and after that, I, when I took my gap year in 2018, the first thing I said I wanted to do was climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And that's what I did in, in January of 2019. And it was... 11, 12 days of just grueling, grueling work. It was me with nine other men who were kind of uh, the, the navigators, the guides. They, they took the food. Uh, there was a, it was me and like nine other people. Most of them didn't speak English. So I learned a little Swahili while playing cards, you know, in the middle of the mountain. It was just absolutely hilarious. We used to sing Bob Marley. Uh, it was it was just a, such a beautiful experience, and I was going through the kind of tough emotional problems and, and familial problems at the time. And, and climbing that mountain was not only a physical achievement, but also psychological achievement for me. And I've since then I've always recommended to people to climb a mountain. You know, disconnect from all digital life, disconnect from from people, be alone with your own thoughts, focus, and and really get to find and know yourself. And and since then, I mean, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro. What's next? Everest. Yeah. Once you climb a mountain, the next thing you do is climb a taller mountain. That's it. That's, I think that's the story of life. Yeah. So I think that's a great item. And I think it also comes in with the whole travel as well. And even though I believe you are focused more on simply the feat of pushing your body to that limit and seeing how, what is your capability, your maximum physical capability. And that would be the ultimate test. 
Yeah, I think that's that's necessary. I don't think you can just live life comfortably all the time. I think we need to push ourselves, particularly nowadays, where everything is so easy. You need to push yourself to to the limit. You need to you need to cry. You need to feel pain. You need to suffer. You need to be angry. You need to be frustrated. I think that's yeah. On the other side of that, I think there's true enlightenment. I, I think that is also where the name of our podcast comes in. When we say apex of man, we refer to the pinnacle, the top of a mountain being yourself and whether you want to push yourself to reach that pinnacle. It's basically the message we are trying to push. And I think the climbing a mountain metaphor encapsulates it almost perfectly. 100%, man. Plugging in the podcast within the podcast. That was, that was some inception kind of deal right there. <laughs> Um, moving on to one of mine, I yeah. put, it's woodwork, specifically, I put woodwork like Jesus. Man, if Jesus did it, if Jesus did it, <laughs> you gotta do it. <laughs> there are two woodworkers I respect, number one, Jesus, and number two is Ron Swanson for Parks and Rec. For the people who have seen the show, they know exactly what I mean. So, I think this is an important bucket list item for me, mainly because... Again, going down to the primal instincts of men and women, we were given hands and thumbs. And for any primate with that capability, they have the tendency to use tools. So we have to use what we are given to make something. And I yep. think woodworking is probably one of the harder forms of manual craft because the way I'm seeing it, I plan to do it in a fairly primitive way. Like not with not like the factory machines making IKEA chairs at 24 hours every day. But trying to put like effort, care, and blood, sweat, and tears into trying to make something that, first of all, I can use and something yeah. I can be proud of. Mm -hmm. And physical item to represent the effort I put in. That is basically what I'm trying to say with woodworking. Have you ever done something like that before? I've tried. Well, I'm not tried, but I've tried to look for it. It is, admittedly, I think, an expensive hobby to do. <laughs> Yeah. Mainly because of the tools, the wood, and all that. But I have looked for people to help me out. But I haven't found the chance yet. But I'm trying to get this started as soon as I can. Because that's I'd that's see. that's really interesting that you mentioned the the physical product uh, that you see after putting a lot of effort in. Because you're you know you're studying maths and physics, and I guess as a I mean, I, I don't think you want to be an engineer. You're more focused on the on the software side of things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's a little more abstract. Your kind of the product of your labor is a little more intangible. So it's interesting that you want to connect with that uh, a little more. I think that is precisely why I would want to connect with that because right. I, despite respecting the my field and what it does, what it can give you directly is a physical thing you can touch, see, and hold. A physical thing right. you can use to do things with, which is why I think wanting that in my life because as I said I believe that's a primal part of us hmm. I want to do stuff like woodworking and I can see you share that sentiment because in your bucket list you also put learn a manual craft yeah it's I mean I, I completely agree with everything you've said I, I really share that sentiment I think it's important it's important to you know there's this there's this quote actually that I have here which just blew my mind it's it's a little long but it's it's 100% worth it I found it on the the College Info Geek uh, website, uh, this man Thomas Frank that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you see the, the quote goes like this, a human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, 
design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, that's you, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. Robert Heinlein. Huge. Yeah, I, I love that quote because it, it resonates with like a phrase I believe in a lot. It's just jack of all trades, but master of one. Yeah. I think it's basically like you have to be good at everything because everything will possibly happen to you. Yeah. What you choose to become the best at, you there should be only one. But if you choose that one thing, you have to want to become the best. So I think that's what that is also trying to say that your potential in different fields shouldn't be limited by your laziness to want to do that. You should always want to. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really what I like. Cause we were mentioning before that you should probably have a diversity of things in your bucket list. And that's definitely something that, you know, not only in diversity in the types of goals, but really, really expand yourself. Look for hobbies that you never thought you would be interested in. Cause if, if you don't try it, I mean, when, Maybe you live your entire life and you would have been like a sword fighting aficionado and you, you never fought with swords or you never did yoga or you never meditated. You know, there's so many things that you can take experience of nowadays. I mean, you just pop in Wikipedia, hobbies list or something like that. And <laughs> there's bound to, you're bound to find something interesting or a community that's really passionate about it. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why a lot of people's bucket lists, ours included, I think, uh, are basically incomplete and will forever or at least should forever be incomplete because the more you live and the more you try things the more you find how much you love them and how much you want to be better at them so my bucket list right now could look completely different from me after discovering a hobby i love and it would just be constant points about achieving goals in that hobby yeah 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 exactly You, you become so obsessed with something i i wanted to kind of mention one of the things you have on your bucket list as well that it says get my mom a house and my dad a yacht where the hell does that come from? I mean, that I feel like that's just the. Um, well, I don't know. You, like, your parents always say you're an investment. So you have to pay off <laughs> yes. sometimes. I'm just trying to give them a decent return. I feel like mm. they've done that for me. And I selected the items I selected because my dad has shown high interest in wanting me to get him a yacht. <laughs> There's not much deeper thought than that in it. Okay. But it is in the bucket list, so he will eventually get it. But I will name it, don't you worry. Oh yeah, you need a. That's true. You need to name the yacht. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really funny. It's just really kind of coming down from the bottom, rags to riches. The story of just just giving back to your family, giving back to the community. Right. That's good. That's good. I like that. And and just kind of the the last thing I see here is that make something big. What do you mean by making something big? What does I that think mean for you? that is basically the existential dread of wanting to be leave an imprint on the world after you're gone type thing. It's make something right. that it's the legacy. It's the apple. It's the historical family. It's winning the war. It's something that leaves an impact that people will at least remember for a while. I don't want to be famous or anything, but you know, it's the whole thing of don't be forgotten. Yeah. Like you're only alive until the last person who utters your name dies. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's a very that's very Mexican uh, kind of thing. Yeah, with the with the Day of the Dead. You know how you need to keep having your pictures, the pictures of the of your loved ones that have uh, passed away. You need to have them in that little shrine, and then in the Day of the Dead, you you have to you have to keep them there. Yeah, like Coco. That's it. 
if they forget about you, that's it. You die in the... You, set, you double die. <laughs> I don't know, the second death. I assume the last death. That's interesting, but what... Does that mean kind of being remembered by your family? Does that mean living, leaving an, an economic impact? Does that mean... What does that mean to you? I mean, the impact I hope to leave should definitely be positive. The field, right. that's up to me to decide for now. But I think the main motivation behind that item is the legacy. Okay. And also the effect it has on other people. Because if you pass by life without doing much for the community, like, have you ever even lived, honestly? Yeah. Because if the only person you live for is yourself, that ends up, I don't know, that you won't have a legacy, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's the moral obligation that we all have. Leave a positive legacy as much as we can. I, I see you have something similar. I want to see if the motivation for yours is similar yeah. to mine as well. It's found a company and be my own boss. Could you yeah. dive a bit into that? Um, I can understand the be my own boss, boss part, but do you have further motivation than that to found your own company? Yeah, it's a little, it kind of links back to your, your woodworking like Jesus. I, I, want, I love the concept from abstract to concrete. I love that process. And, and founding my own company is, is something that I've been really passionate about for maybe the past year, year and a half. And it's something that not only do I like being in the leadership position and, and organizing a team and seeing a vision through, but man, since I was a kid, I've always liked to, you know, I've had like issues with authority. <laughs> so being my own boss, that's, that's part of that. And, and yeah, just, just producing something of value, a service, a product that is, that is valuable to people, you know, have a great customer service that, that allows people to, to say, look, man, this is a, this is a great company. I think companies mm -hmm. make you know, they've been an integral part of our society for so long and, and some of them have, have had such positive impacts on on our lives and, and you know, it's, it's the livelihoods of people, it's the vision of people. There's companies that employ hundreds of thousands of people around the world and, and that's a that's a deep impact and and that's hopefully what I, what I want to bring. I'm not planning on being the next Walmart or anything. I just, I would like to have a, a good team that believes in a vision and believes in serving the customer, believes in, in producing something of value and and seeing that through to the end exactly i feel like nobody would honestly want to be the next walmart because it's almost soulless there's no connection to the community as you mentioned because i find that the companies i love best are the smaller businesses you know the ones in the corner shop yeah. that you know the guy you know what he's doing he's also doing for you as much as he is for himself yeah that type of connection i feel is essential in companies and i'm glad that you share that sentiment and hopefully when you make yours be a happy customer in it Hopefully, hopefully, maybe we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's 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 a project that that we're starting out right now. Uh, I'm kind of discussing these ideas with a few colleagues, and we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, it it, it you know takes off, and, and we can be content with that, and hopefully, be also geographically delocalized at the same time. Um, <laughs> in terms of those professional uh, kind of ambitions, I thought uh, one of the people who wrote us in that's uh, this is Seyad Senda. Uh, it was just hilarious that the, the only thing he put was Bitcoin. That's it. <laughs> Straight up Bitcoin and a little emoji with kind of the stars in the eyes. I think he's trying to do the Elon Musk thing. Just say Bitcoin to try and make the stock rise. I think he's trying to do that with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is some insider trading. I'm not sure how legal this is. But <laughs> I thought it was so, so funny. Um, 
but yeah, I hope he's investing in Bitcoin. I hope he invested yeah. a while ago, actually, not right now, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, on that note, I think it's best wrap up this episode. It was yeah. a pleasure talking about your bucket list and even Likewise. better to see our viewers and what they have to say. And yeah, we hope 100%. to continue doing things like this in the future for a diverse set of topics. So Instagram, Apex of Man, look, keep That's a lookout. Yeah, you could YouTube. be in the next episode. That's it. YouTube, if, if you send, you know, your ideas for any video or, or podcast episode that you want to see, we're super interested in, in getting to know your views and, and continue improving. And don't forget, the if you're interested in getting a Notion template for the bucket list, it's going to be linked down below. Uh, you can download Notion, a fantastic app that I think everybody should have. It's, it's completely organized my life. And yeah, download it. Start filling in your bucket list. Start taking out those items and, and improving. That's it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening and tuning in one more time. We'll see you next week. Peace.